We are at the end of a sermon series called Satisfaction Guaranteed. Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. And as he's communicating with them about what's, right, what's about to come, he says, there's some things you need to know that are absolutely certain. And we've walked through a number of those. Today, we're about ready to close with Jesus' last big guarantee. Charles Spurgeon was telling a story of a tyrant. A tyrant who had command and demand of people's lives. They owed him because of mistakes in their life and whatever else. He had a blacksmith that owed him. And he told the blacksmith, I demand of you, go make a chain. A thick, heavy, long chain. And so this blacksmith went away enslaved for days. And came back with this heavy chain and showed it to him. And he said, not good enough. Make it longer. And so he went away enslaved for another several days. And came back with a chain that was now twice as long. And he said, fine. And he called the guys from the sides of the room in. And he said, wrap him in the chain. And throw him in the pit. He said, I want you to understand. That's life with Satan. He asks us to make our own chains, lusts, greeds, passions, pursuit after things that are completely self-absorbed. And then in the end, he says, now wrap them in it. It's done. Today, Jesus promise. His statement is victory is yours. His statement is those chains do not need to hold you down. It's time to break free and experience life with Christ. Jesus' promise at the end here of John chapter 16 is simply this. What is God's picture for experiencing victory? What's his big picture plan? So let's take a look at John chapter 16, verses 25 to 33. The ushers are going to be coming forward and they've got Bibles in their hands. So just raise your hand and we'll get a Bible to you. If you don't have one, we're going to be walking verse by verse through this. So... Just raise your hand and we'll get a Bible to you, okay? John 16, 25 to 33. What is God's big picture plan to experience victory? First, communicate directly with the Father in full trust. Communicate directly with the Father in full trust. Let's just start out right here in verse 25. It's the carryover of the end of last week's session. Remember, we ended last week with ask and you will receive. It was all about prayer. And as Jesus is closing out that piece of prayer, he kind of takes a little bit of a topic shift, which is why we waited for this week to cover this part. Verse 25, he says, I have said these things, you know, the things about prayer, the things about life with him, the things prior in these other discourses, joy, happiness. He says, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. I've been talking in analogies and metaphors and parables. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. He said, I want you to understand this, guys. I've been speaking in metaphors regularly to the point where when he says things like a mention of bread and him maybe being the bread of life, the disciples are going, is he hungry? Did we make a mistake? Should we have bought bread? Is that what we should have done? Is that what he's saying? Like they weren't tracking with him. He had these huge statements of life. And he was speaking in parables to allow those who were following after him closely to get it. While those who weren't, 
would just walk away scratching their head going, I'm not sure what he was talking about. In this moment, he's saying, I want you to know I'm about to rip the veil off. It's about to get very, very plain. We're going to be real clear here, guys, real soon. Jesus is giving them a little bit of a heads up of what he's about to do in their hearts. He said, yeah, I want you to know I'll no longer speak in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. Verse 26, in that day, when I've revealed that element to you, you will be able to ask, you will ask in my name. I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf. This is a really important little piece. He says, you will be able to ask in my name. Now, we've heard that phrase a bunch of times, right? This is like the third time we've gone through it. Ask in my name. What does that mean? Remember, it doesn't mean ask all the selfish things we could possibly think of and then put in Jesus' name, amen, right? That's not what it means. It's not the little magic mantra at the end of a big, long self-prayer and then all of a sudden God answers. That's not what it means. What it means is ask according to my purpose. Ask according to my will. Ask knowing where I'm moving and knowing who I am and knowing what I'm about. Ask in my name. And I'll do it. See, that's what Jesus was challenging. It was abide in me. Find life in me. Grasp who I am. And come hard after me. And knowing who I am, as you ask, you'll get the answer yes. Here he says, ask in my name. I've told you that. Now I want to be clear. What I'm not saying is ask me specifically. I'm not saying talk to me bodily as I stand next to you and say, Jesus, what do you think of this? Could we have this? I'm saying, ask the Father directly. Look what he says right after it. He says, in that day, you will ask in my name. I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. Are you hearing it? I want you to know that you get to bypass me now. You were talking to me bodily and trying to grasp what's going on. You now get to speak with God the Father directly. Can you imagine this moment where the Jews who are so used to hearing, if you're going to approach the Almighty in the Holy of Holies, it's a year of purifying and of planning and of preparing. It is one unique human individual that gets a chance to enter into that moment. He's, no, you're going to have a chance to talk with the Father of fathers, to talk with the Almighty God himself who spoke and this world came into existence is waiting to hear from you. Why? It says because the father loves you. His heart is for you. His passions are for you. He's hungering for you to be able to grow in him and know him. He is longing to care for you. Don't get me wrong. He's not making the world revolve around us but he cares about us. It is still all about him being lifted up and all about him being glorified. But in the midst, oh, does he love to pour it back? That's our God. He's saying, come to me. I want to call you my child. Romans chapter eight, the adopted one. I want to pick you up and put you on my lap. I want to hold you close. You are my child. And I care about what's going on in your life. He's saying you are a new creation and it's never going to be taken away. He's saying that you can be born again and that's never going to change. I want you to understand that the father loves you. He's pouring out his heart 
towards caring for you and nurturing you and growing you to be more like him every day. The father loves you. You can talk to him. Seriously. I can only imagine in that moment, the disciples are like, okay, that sounds really good. I'm not sure if I want to be the first to try it though. You know what I mean? Like that was the holy of holies thing. That was the one priest once a year. I think I'm going to, why don't you try it first? Let's see how that goes. You know what I'm saying? There was this moment of entering into a relationship with the almighty. Are you serious? What could that, how could that, but they're beginning to get an inkling of what's about to come. Now he takes a further step. He says, you can ask him my name. You can ask the father directly. You can ask the father directly because he loves you. And then he says, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. He's saying, guys, the father has a love for the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He has this passion for all. But let me tell you, he's able to meet it out. He's able to lavish it upon those who come to him in relationship with him. You're choosing to believe. You're choosing to trust. You're choosing to move with him and hear from him. And he's choosing to pour it out upon you. He wants to love you with all he's got. An active, participating, life-changing, world-altering love from God the Father. Because you've leaned in on him. Because you're having a relationship with him. Because you've believed who I am, Jesus said. You're beginning to grasp it. And man, is it going to change you. As we talk about communicating with the Almighty, the first step in victory, we need to grasp that it's centered in his love, in his compassion, in his power, and his passion for you to step closer to him. That's where he's at. Now, Jesus says, Maybe we need to get a few things clear about me. Yes, I've said this a number of times already. That part's not there. That's my little paraphrase. Verse 28. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Okay. We've heard this before. He's said this a number of times. He's got the disciples where he's saying, look, guys, I'm going back to the Father. You need to understand. I came from the Father. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to a place you cannot come. Where are you going? I'm going to a place you cannot come. I'm going away to the Father. You're going to need to hang. Are you hearing it? He's saying it over and over again. Now he's like, take four. Here we go. I want you to know I came from the Father and I'm going back to the Father. But don't forget, he just told them, I am done speaking in parables. I am done speaking where it's not clear. I am going to speak plainly. And not only did he say it, but he began to move amongst the hearts of. So he says, I want you to know I'm going back to where I came from, to the Father. And know this, the Father loves you because you believe that I came from the Father. And in that moment, watch what happens. Verse 29. His disciples said, Ah! Can you see it? Like, there should be dot, dot, dot after that thing. You know what I mean? It should be going on and on. It's not like, ah. It's, ah, like this big, say it with me, okay? Ah, bigger. Ah, like finally, three years just clicked in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. You came from him and you're going to him. And Jesus is like, now we're getting it. 
right? Are you seeing it? So we had this big ah moment, okay? And there's a bit of relief and they're beginning to feel this plainness talk and they've grasped it. And they say, his disciple said, ah, now you are speaking plainly. Well, actually I have been the whole time. You just weren't catching. Okay. Now are you speaking plainly and not using figurative speech? Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe you came from God. Your authority has just become clear. Your statements have just rocked my world. Now I get who you are. I get what you're saying. You came from God and you're going back to God. You are a message from him saying it is time to walk with him. You're telling me that I can actually ask of the father through you. You're telling me that by knowing you, I can have life that can rock my world. I can have victory that can change me every day. Ah, can you see it? Okay, that's the big ah moment. We get to communicate with the Father. And our guarantee is Jesus Christ. Our guarantee is Him, His life, His power, His death and sacrifice, and more than that, His resurrection. We have a victorious God Almighty. And as He's showing Himself alive to us, we now can have the big ah moment. Question. Have you had that ah moment? Have you grasped who he is? I mean, the depths of what's going on. Has the Jesus of the Bible absolutely shaken you to the core where you go, oh, now I get what's going on with him. Now I get which way I'm supposed to head. That's responding to the person of Jesus Christ. It's trusting in his shed blood on the cross. It's trusting in him rising again from the dead. It's asking for a replacement payment. I know I owe eternal separation from you. Rock my world. I know that I have nothing of my own. Please use your shed blood to replace my payment. May I forever know of life and victory in you. Ah, communicating with the Father. That's the first step to victory. You know... There was a man, D.L. Moody, told this story. I love reading D.L. Moody stories. So D.L. Moody was telling the story of a man who was on an Atlantic cruiser, 1800s, right? Nowadays, he'd be on an airplane. Why would you waste your time, right? But he's on an Atlantic cruiser in the ocean, 1800s. And this man went to the steerage area. The lower class could barely afford anything, but at least they got on the boat. They're happy to get over to the other side. You know, that kind of, that's where he went to. Why? Because there was a man who was going to be speaking on answered prayer. And he wanted to hear this story because to be quite honest, he didn't believe it. Now on his way over there, he's coming from the rich section and he had grabbed a couple of oranges and he had shoved them in his pockets. And he's walking along with these big old oranges, bulky oranges sticking out. And as he's walking along, he's kind of feeling like a fool. You know what I mean? So he pulls him out and a lady had fallen asleep laying in the sun with her hands up in the air, kind of just falling asleep that way. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're totally, vet does this happen to you? Like, okay, well, it happens to me. Like you're out there and you're just enjoying the sun and you fall asleep, your hands are in the air. She come, he comes by and he's like, he puts the oranges in her hands and walks on. Now he goes to this message and he hears it and he doesn't buy it. And on the way out, he talks to the guy a little bit. And as he's talking to this evangelist on the way back, he sees the lady eating the oranges now. She's sitting up eating the oranges. And he goes, hang on. He goes over and he says, hey, 
what'd you think of uh, what you found in your hands? And she goes, oh, God is great. And he goes, God, I put them there. What are you talking about? And she goes, I'm saying to you, I have been seasick for days and I had no money for more food. So I began to pray as I was sitting on the pool deck that God would bring an orange somehow. I need an orange to calm my stomach. And as I was praying, I fell asleep with my hands in the air looking for an answer from God. And you know what? God's so great. He didn't just give me one orange. He gave me two, right? And this guy's like, you've got to be joking. He ended up coming to Christ because he ended up hearing that God answers prayer even through people who don't believe he exists. He ended up seeing that God knows how to move and respond in this world to make an impact. Sometimes he even likes to do it with a little bit of tongue in cheek. I can only imagine that was one of those moments where he goes, watch this. You know, as the guy's walking by thinking he's being Mr. Smart Alec, putting the oranges there, and it's actually the hands of God right there. And he moves on. We serve a very large God. Amen. We serve a very sovereign God. He knows what's going on. He's moving in this world. He knows who you are and he knows what your struggles are. He knows exactly what's needed next. Communicate with him. You want to experience victory in this world? Lean on him. You want to experience victory in this world? Know the almighty and know him moving in your life. Sometimes as small as an orange and sometimes in massive provision. We often struggle with things. May we constantly bring it to our daddy. Abba, Father, God Almighty. Drop before him and just relate. He knows who you are and he knows what you're wrestling with. What is it that you need to bring to him right now? Right here. It's the moment to stop gripping it tightly and trying to manage it yourself. And it's time to lay it out before him and see what he's got as an answer. What is it you're bringing to him? Got it? Are you ready to communicate with him? Because he wants to hear and he wants to share. Don't get me wrong. It's not just here like the words hit him and then he's done. It's listening. It's deeply understanding the heart that you have and the pain that you have and the needs that you have as long as we come to him in his name. Come to him. Find his purpose. Find his will. You will gain victory like you've never experienced before. That's the first step. It's communicate. Communicate directly with the Father in full trust. The second point, expect troubles and lean on the victor, Jesus Christ. Expect troubles and lean on the victor, Jesus Christ. Now, we'll start out right after uh, where the disciples have just had their ah moment here. Jesus answers them, verse 31. He says, do you now believe? Now, I have to tell you, when I read this the first time, and the second and the third and the fourth time, as I read this initially, I thought that what was really happening here was Jesus was actually being maybe a little bit of a smart aleck. Like, oh, you now believe? You know, that kind of thing. I don't think that's what was really going on, though. Because as you read it, it seems they really did grasp it. I think what he's actually doing here is he's asking them to answer for themselves. Have you really grasped it? Because if you have, it's time to step out on it. 
I think what he said to him is, so, so you now believe? And in that moment, they're kind of stepping into him and saying, yeah, yeah, I now believe. I'm there with you. Why do I think that that's what's going on? Because look how he answers next. Oh, you now believe? Well, then step out on it. Because, verse 32, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered, each to his own home, and you will leave me alone. I think he was saying, Guys, you know that faith you're saying you've got? I need it to become a little bit real, and I need it right now. It's time for you to understand how much you believe and how much you're ready to trust because guess what? It's about time to step out on it. Guess what? It's time for you to begin to experience living by faith. Do you believe? Yeah, we believe. Step out. And as they step towards him, his answer is, you need to know the hour is coming. Actually, the hour is here where you're going to be scattered. What's about to happen to me, this is what he's saying underneath the surface, right? What's about to happen to me is going to rock your world. You, you don't understand what's happening. And you're going to be scattered for the moment. That faith is going to be essential. You believe? Yeah, we believe. So he gives them a heads up. There's going to be a scattering. One would assume if there's a scattering, there's probably a pressure to make it scatter. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you see things just kind of run willy-nilly in all directions, there's something happening in the middle of that, right? It's not like we just all kind of randomly wandered away. Some kind of pressure, something's going to be going on that's going to cause a scattering. They don't know what. They've been given some allusions to what might be happening, but they know something's coming. And then he says, you're going to leave me alone. Humanly speaking, that is. You're going to leave me alone. Spiritually, he says, yet I am not alone. For the Father is with me. What an awesome little moment of teaching. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, the Father is with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Jesus Christ saying, we've got a shepherd. We've got a God who knows how to shepherd and he is right here with each of us. And I will not be left alone, even if humanly speaking, I am. He says right after that, verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. I want you to know that in me you have, made, have peace. And then look right after it. In the world, you will have tribulation. So we have a nice little balancing moment, right? In me, there's going to be peace. In, in the world, tribulation. So I want you to understand, if you're looking at me, if you're leaning on me, if you're having relationship with me, there is going to be this peace. What does the word peace mean? Well, I, this is what I wrote down here. Calm assuredness despite circumstances. Peace. A calm assuredness despite circumstances. God is at work. Just relax. He's taking care of it. It doesn't look like it. He's taking care of it. Well, how come he's not? I, I don't know. We're, we're going to find that out. But God is at work. A calm assuredness, despite the circumstances. All too often, the reason we don't experience peace is remember that whole thumb thing? We've done it a number of times, right? Everybody hold your thumb up. Hold it up. Yeah, I know you're like, this is weird. Just hold it up. It's okay. 
Now take your thumb and pull it all the way in to one eye and close the other eye. Okay? And you see your thumbnail. Right? Welcome to walking through life looking at your problems. Now take your thumb and push it all the way out. And now you see it in whole perspective. Right? This is what it means to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Oh yeah, we know about the problems and the tribulations going on, but they're held out. And we see them full against the sky with Jesus on the horizon. Fixed on him, not on the thumb. That's what it's about. When he says, you can have peace in me, it's push your thumb away, man. Get it out there. Start looking at him. That's what it means, okay? Your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your good faith, Hebrews 12. It's an awesome passage of get your thumb away from your eye. That's the summary, okay? So he says, I want you to know that you can have peace in me. The world will have tribulation. So I just have a question. How come every time we turn on the TV and we start to hear some of these health, wealth, and prosperity gospel guys, they're saying, trust in him and you'll have no problems. Like, dude, where are you reading that? Trust in him and everything is going to be good. Did you open your Bible? Are you kidding me? James chapter 1, count it all joy when you fall into various troubles. John chapter 16, the world's going to bring troubles. First Peter 1, you better understand the trials are about growing your faith. What book are you reading? Like it isn't real. We need to make sure we understand that he is absolutely saying this. We're going to have some problems. Does everybody get that? Like we're going to have problems. Not Heads nodding like we get it. Say it with me. We're going to have problems. Ready? We're going to have problems. That's the way it goes, okay? The world is going to bring its struggles, but we can still have peace in him. That's victory. It's not no problems, victory. Totally misunderstood. It's problems, but proper perspective. And I'm able to walk through them with God changing my life and giving me peace. That's victory. Does that make sense? Peace in him. The world's going to bring it, but he's bringing more. That's what it's about. We might have peace in him. Now he says right at the end here, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. Now another way to say this is, let not your heart be troubled. We heard that in John chapter 14, twice. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, hang on, make sure your heart's managed, be careful, lean into me, it's okay, we've got this thing under control, take heart. Why? I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Now, here's a cool little moment. For those of you who don't like grammar, it's going to be a little bit painful for a second, okay? I have overcome the world. You ready? This is what he did not say. I overcame the world. You hear the difference? I overcame, past tense. It's done. I overcame. Like, I lost my keys, right? And the first thing you say when somebody says, I lost my keys is, did you find them? right? I lost. It's the past tense. It's done. We don't know what happened after that. Now he says, he doesn't say I overcame. He says, I have overcome the difference. It happened in the past and it's still true today. That's what it means. When we say I have done this, like I have lost my keys. When someone comes in and announces that you go, Oh, everybody help them find them. They were lost and they are still lost. I have overcome. He's saying it is done in the past and it is still true today overcame occurred, but it's overcome permanently. That's the promise you have in me. I have 
overcome. And notice this too, just for a little grammar moment. He doesn't say, I am overcoming, like regularly nonstop pushing it down. No, past tense done and still true today. Are you hearing it? That's a big deal moment. Grammar means a lot when we're reading through things. We have to be a little bit careful when we're reading to make sure we truly grasp it. I pulled up like nine different versions and made sure they all did this and they all got the right tense. Praise God. So it is, I have overcome, done in the past and still true today. Jesus Christ, the victor, accomplishing in the past and it's still true today and it'll be true tomorrow. We can trust in him. He is our victor. He has overcome and it is staying overcome. It is accomplished once and done for all. We can lean into him. We can have life in him. We can have hope in him. We can have peace in him. Why? Because he is our victor and it is done once and we're leaning into him. Welcome to the troubles. We're going to have troubles, but we lean into the victor who is Jesus Christ. He has already overcome and it remains overcome. The world is nothing for him. He's got the tribulations managed. Lean into him. That's what he's saying. Now for an illustration, I was trying to look at different ways to do this and I thought, you know what? It would probably just be best if we just look at a bunch of verses real fast. So take Flip over your uh, bulletin, and uh, we'll throw them up here as well for those who don't have a bulletin. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I'm just going to read through a couple of these. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who gives us the victory. We have a God who is handing over a gift. A gift of victory. Victory over daily sin. Victory over the cost of sin in our life. We have a relationship with him victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Romans chapter eight. (coughs) He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Listen to that, man. That is quite the list. I love that verse. I love quoting that verse off. There is some serious assuredness in a relationship with him. Lean close to the victor. Nothing separates you from him. Nothing. John chapter 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome the world. For he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We just heard it, right? Jesus is saying, you're going to have tribulations in the world, but I want you to understand I have overcome. I have overcome. It's done. I'm greater than he that is in the world. First John chapter five. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Victory is ours. If we lean on him as our savior, we can experience breaking the chains of sin that control us. We can experience breaking the penalty of eternal separation. If we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, our faith in him is what allows that victory to be passed across. And the last one, let's read this one together. Revelation chapter 12. You ready? And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, 
Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. What is this saying the victory comes from? It comes from the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ. It comes from a God who says, I want you to understand this. I love you so much that I'm coming down and I'm having a life with you. I'm going to live among you. I'm going to live a perfect life. And in the end of living that perfect life, it will be taken wrongly and unnecessarily and unjustly. And that unjust moment of my blood being shed will be made available for all eternity for us to be forgiven, for us to be let free from a debt we owe. He doesn't just say, forget the debt. He says, debt paid. I'll apply the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We experience a victory through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And then this world experiences us being in victory through our testimony as we share what he's doing in our lives. Is God rocking your world? A lot of us might go, I'm not sure. I'm actually kind of experiencing, I'm stuck mode. Well, you know what? We need to lean in closer. We need to communicate more. We need to have a seriously close relationship with him and walk through the victory that's been guaranteed to us. This world will bring tribulation, but we know the one who has already overcome and the overcoming is guaranteed from now forward. We have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? We have victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is our promise. Here's my question for you. Are you ready to experience the victory? What is it that's got you wrapped up like chains that you may have even developed yourself? What is it that's got you constantly tripping? You got it in mind? It's time for that to be set aside. It's time for that to not be given more preeminence than the one who speaks into our lives personally, privately, powerfully. Let's lean on him, the victor, Jesus Christ. Let me pray.